All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Texas Man Cave. Man, we are uh, knocking it out. This is episode five. Um, having a lot of fun. So I'm Aaron. I'm Jeremy. So let's uh, let's get into it, man. The episode with no subject. Yeah, sure. I uh, I just got back from uh, the Daytona 500, and man, F1 started testing this week, and mm-hmm. got the uh, F1 kicking off this weekend. So man, where are they I'm, testing? Uh, uh, Bahrain. Bahrain. Yeah, where they're doing the, the first race. So kind of nice they get that in and be able to uh, get things rocking, and then don't have to travel anywhere for the race this coming weekend. Oddly enough, I, I need to double check, but I think the race is at nine o'clock on Saturday here. So, so not at two, three, four yeah. in the morning. Right. I think it's like nice. a night race over there or whatever, like on Friday, would that be? Or whatever. I think I yeah. saw it was at nine o'clock on Saturday, which is going to create problems for me. Why? Coffee and cars is this weekend as well. Oh, 9 a.m. Yeah. I thought 9 p.m. No, 9 a.m. Oh, on no Saturday. Man. So that's going to mm. uh, gonna have to, I'll have to miss the, uh, I'll just have to watch it on delay. So kind of sucks. Yeah. But. Put it on. I, I, I wish it. they could figure something out that you could broadcast stuff up on the screens. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure we could. What? Vision pros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were just talking about that. So yeah. can't, I need to expense that so yeah. I can uh, wa- watch the race and conduct burnouts and yeah. record the burnouts. and Get a $3,500 Vision like Pro so you can. Clipping stuff and everybody's like moving all over the place. Where's he pointing for us to go? <laughs> you want to drive them into a parking lot and yeah. wreck or something. But yeah. Well, man, I uh, had several things we can just talk about on that topic. I think it's kind of hot. and can get some other things. But, um, dude, I am pumped for this season. So yeah. I, I am ready for it to go. I don't know why. Draft Survive just came out yesterday. So I'm several I'm episodes deep into that. that. So yeah. it's uh, it's pretty good. So You're already several episodes deep? I think I'm on episode five. I thought it just came out today. No, yesterday. Oh, it was yesterday. Oh, I think okay. I watched three episodes yesterday evening. And then at least two more this morning. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. I haven't started it yet. Oh, yeah. So don't dude. spoil it. Okay. Well, it's uh, it's pretty good so far. Is so that good? It, it's crazy. I just love how they've done such a good job. And, of course, they've turned that into a golf series and an NASCAR series. And, yeah. Uh, to doing the same thing. But it's just such more of an intimate, like, personable thing. You start yeah. rooting for people you didn't previously root for or know their story or know yeah. the, the aspects of stuff. But it made i think that's what brought f1 to oh, 100% 100% yeah. i mean it's now we've got fans here and we've yeah. got you know i mean you can talk about f1 with a lot of people just like you talk about like before it wasn't just nascar right yeah so. absolutely well on the subject of nascar yeah <laughs> i had to watch their series before I went to the Daytona 500, so I could kind of get who oh, even yeah. drives right yep, now. Yep, yep. So, man, last time I was in NASCAR, it was like Jeff Gordon and Earnhardt Jr. and, yeah. and Jimmy Johnson. And so Jimmy Johnson actually qualified for the Daytona 500, so I was rooting for him. Yeah. But, of yeah. course, he got wrecked and had some issues, so he was several laps down by the time it was over. But, yeah, man, it's, a, it's such a different vibe and – um, I mean, I had a good time. Don't get me wrong. And we had, we had a lot of fun. Um, and I've got a couple of things we can look here to kind of compare them, but like it's, uh, have you ever been to a NASCAR race? Never, never. No. Nope. I mean, I guess everybody needs to just put it on the bucket list so you can do it. And to say that I got to go to the Daytona 500, you know, yeah. it's pretty cool. Um, 
our friends are huge NASCAR fans and they went last year. And so when they came home, they're like, y'all are going with us. And we didn't really have an option. So I'm like, yeah. okay, sure. Why not? So they, uh, they covered a lot of the costs for us and was a lot of fun and had an awesome Airbnb. We got there Friday, ended up raining all day, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. And so they pushed the race to Monday, which probably made it a little bit more chill. Uh, even the people next to us, um, they were from the area. They, they got tickets Monday mm-hmm. because they, they realized it was, uh, you know, people were selling them cause they couldn't make it, but yeah, it was still sold out, man. The rock was there you know, start your engines and yeah. <laughs> had the, uh, Thunderbirds doing formation stuff. Thunderbirds are awesome. It was sick. Yeah. Dude. Thunderbirds I mean, they are were awesome. so freaking low to the ground. Yeah. Like Goodyear blimp. They were under the Goodyear blimp, you know, but <laughs> it was so cool. But yeah, it's a, uh, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> like, yeah, we can we could settle this instead of doing two hundred laps for five hundred miles. Let's just do fifty laps and get the same results. Yeah. You know, like it's uh, one of the things I've got here. The guy talks about like it's just. I mean, yeah, it. it I can see it's draining. There's some sense of strategy, but like uh, our friends are big Brad Keselowski fans, and so. He was kind of at the back, working his way to the front, and he was up there battling first, second, third, fourth, fifth, you know, lap coming down from 10, you know, 15 laps on. And then lap five, people get clipped. Five to go. Five to go. Okay, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Five to go. And a huge wreck. Takes him out, takes like half the field out with five laps to go. Like, and so then the guy that won, I can't even remember his name, is number 24, but he has DNF'd every race the last six or seven years. And he won this one. He survived. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is exactly <laughs> survival of the fittest. And you half the time can't even avoid it, you know? Yeah. And, but if you're not near the front, you're not going to be in for it. But then it's like if, if the wreck happens close to the front, most people at the back are screwed. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so I think there were maybe 20 cars on the lead lap when it finished out of 40, you know? And so it... uh it was nuts, dude. So, um, but I had a lot of fun. It, it was not typical nice warm weather. I mean, it was like 65 during the day, and then they finished in the dark, so it got a little cold. And yeah, um, but we still had a good time. A lot of fun. <coughs> but yeah, it's, I uh, have I have seen. Um, oh, it was when we were at. Uh, oh, what was that? Good Guys Car Show. Okay. It was last year, I think. They had, because they did it at the, um, what's Dallas's? Texas Motor Speedway. Yeah, Texas Motor Speedway. They did it there, um, the car show, and they had NASCARs running around. Like, you could do the whole NASCAR experience and get in there and and stuff like that. Me and Gage went on the, they have, like, a limo, basically. They they fit, like, 18 people in there or whatever. Yeah, and and they only go, well... Only they they go like ninety in the, in the limo. <laughs> the limo, yeah, and they'll stop because that thing's got so much weight to it. They can stop on the banks, yeah, and to look down the banks yeah. and to to be able to you know to do all that. It was really cool, yeah. and it was cool watching them go around. You know, I mean, they were hitting like a I think one hundred and fifty or something on the with the single single yeah. seat cars and stuff like that. Well, they get up to 190, 180, 190 yeah. during there, and any car is like doing two twenty. It takes much, yeah, you know. But and it's, I mean, even to see a car to see a car running yeah. around at one hundred and fifty miles yeah. an hour like right. that, it's it's impressive. Yeah, you know, it's impressive being a car guy and everything else. So I mean, it was. It was cool, but it was, yeah, it was one of those things that, you know, 
20, 30 minutes into it, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. Well, and seeing those cars when there's 40 of them and they're stacked inches between each other and blowing by. Yeah. That's pretty cool too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's definitely roar coming at you. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's definitely, it definitely takes talent to drive. It takes, you know, I mean, it, it's a lot more than talent anybody really. Wreck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> talent not to wreck. And, and I mean, to be an inch off somebody at 200 miles an hour is a, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's an incredible feat, but yeah, I, I can see where it's monotonous, I guess. Yes. So, yeah, but it was fun, man. We had good seats. We were just down from the, the start. Um, and I mean, we got there early, got pit passes. So, I mean, we were down in the infield walking around, got to walk the, the main stretch of, by the start finish. And there's a slope at, you know, at Daytona at the start finish, mm-hmm. we didn't get to go to the corners, which was even more steeper, but everybody's signing the walls and signing the start finish line. And so we, you know, sharpied up part of the wall. And so it was kind of cool, but that's cool. Um, so the track experience was kind of cool just to be down there and I, I, I grabbed a bunch of grass out of the infield, brought it home yeah. with me, so a little souvenir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, let's uh, let's compare it to F1. So, um, I don't know what order these are in. I think they're pretty good. Oh, yeah, so this is cool. So this is Daryl Waltrip, and it is, um, he is like the Australian supercars, you know? They're like NASCARs, basically, in a sense. Yeah. But this is a perfect comparison of somebody who had a career in NASCAR, basically going in circles, and now he's riding with them on the track, making left and right turns. Okay. You know, and he's losing his freaking mind. Turn a little bit more. That is not possible. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. Is he just riding along or is he yeah, driving? Yeah, he's, just, he's okay. riding. Okay. Which, of course, that can be a different experience, too. Yeah. He, he, you know. Oh, yeah. Not having control is a different right. world. <laughs> We're going to die. <laughs> Easy, Jason. <laughs> oh, man. Close your eyes and you'd swear you're listening to Ricky Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go fast. Oh, man. (laughs) The corkscrew is dumb. (laughs) Yeah, but dude, I thought this was a good example of like, Somebody who's used, I mean, dude, he has a career driving NASCARs, and now he's yeah. he's gonna go on a normal track and uh, learn real quick that it's not exactly what he thought it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so the only track that they both race on is Coda, so we can get a very good comparison of times and yeah. comparison of like who's faster, who's slower, and who can do stuff. Uh, oh, there's no comparison. What do you think the time differential would be? This is obviously just a sim. 15 to 20 seconds. <laughs> At least. Maybe more. So, yeah, this is just a sim 
you know, version of it, comparing yeah. it, but it's obviously a good indication. So the NASCAR here is getting, uh, I mean, he's well into turns. What's that? One, two, three, four, turn five, six, seven. I will say that I could probably watch NASCAR the road course stuff. Oh yeah. Oh dude. I love that. I love yeah. it. You know, See, I, n- I never have just yeah. cause I don't follow NASCAR, but I probably right. would. Yeah. It's like, Oh, it's a road course weekend. Let me turn that on. And yeah, see it. Cause you don't see a whole lot of wrecks in F1. These are, you know, Oh, they're bumping and grinding. Well, a little, and they have little no, bit, but they have no track limits. Yeah. On the NASCAR, I can only they're imagine all yeah. over the place. And so you would think their times would be a little bit better. Yeah. But, Anyways, the F1 car got a 30-second head – or the uh, NASCAR got a 30-second head start on this little simulator. God. And I think the NASCAR is on the back straight right there maybe. Yeah. And the F1 is turning onto the back straight. So it's no joke, that's for sure. Yeah, that's – I mean, I got up to 144 miles an hour right there on a, like, follow – following another m3 like mm-hmm. like instructor follow kind of thing yeah well what gets stretch. what gets me with with us you know i've always done off-road racing or you know i mean we race carts and i've i've done a little bit of uh um little bit of motorcycle road racing and and stuff like that um people don't realize there he goes oh he just went by him catches him and passes him well before the finish. Where's the finish? I think he's got, Still one, got like one more one turn or two turns. Yeah, yeah, last turn right there. So we got a thirty second head start and easily put a good you know twenty seconds on him. And finished. And NASCAR coming around. And finished. There about thirty five, well. forty seconds. Yeah, plus the thirty second lead. Head start, but that's where uh, this. Not too far off. Little, well, I found a good article about it. So, how they compare at Coda? Uh, NASCAR returns to Austin. But how does it stack up to F1 cars? Uh, talking about Coda. NASCAR's never done it. How does it compare to F1? How much slower are the stock cars to the single-seater? Despite the bad weather on race day in 21, qualifying was dry, allowing for a pure comparison of NASCAR versus F1. In NASCAR qualifying, Richard Childress racing as Tyler Reddick claimed a first career pole. And he clocked a time of 2 minutes, 12 seconds. That's an average of 92 mm-hmm. miles an hour. In Formula 1 United States Grand Prix in October, Max Verstappen claimed the pole. What do you think his time was? 2.12 to, I'm guessing, a minute and 28 seconds at probably 127-ish. Pretty, cl- pretty close. So one thirty-two nine, so forty seconds better at a one hundred thirty-two mile an hour average. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but it's but, it's crazy uh, when you like the Xfinity cars were two minutes forty seconds. Where's the truck? He's down in the truck class. Trucks were also two forty. Yeah. That's insane. But I mean, at a at a hundred and thirty two mile an hour average, most people are going to look at that and they're gonna be like, "Oh, you can only go one hundred and thirty two. Yeah. Like when these no, guys no, no. when these guys slow down when they take a corner that's at forty miles an hour, that's most most cars couldn't do that at ten. Right. Yeah. Well, it's dude. Incredible. Yeah. It's like when the uh, the AMG GTR, you know, is the the 
pace car and they're hauling ass. Like <laughs> you see them pushing it, just oh, yeah. just pacing lap. They're doing and everything they, they can. F1 car is just putting along, but they are yeah. hauling, like pushing it. So. Yeah. I always got a kick out of that. Like, especially when I race motocross, guys are like, well, how fast do you guys go? I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, on a track, you're barely over 30 miles an hour. Yeah. Like, very rarely, you know. Right. I mean, for a while there, like, Supercross, <clears throat> Supercross, what they did is um, back in the 250 days, because I don't know how to compare the four stroke stuff because I'm old. Um, <laughs> Back in the 250 days, they were five-speed gearboxes, and the the fifth gear was plastic, and you couldn't go in it. <laughs> they saved they saved the weight and stuff because they'd never used that no fifth reason. gear. Yeah, yeah. So it was they just used the first four gears, and even in the first four gears, like you would almost never hit fourth gear. Right. Uh, everything on a motocross track, especially supercross tracks, second and third. Yeah, yeah. And people are like, "Oh, you hardly get out of second gear on it," and it, and it's like. Yeah, but watch them. Yeah, watch how fast. Go try right. to go try to take that corner. Right. Yeah. No kidding. You know, and you just—it's so unbelievable how how fast something essentially going slow right looks oh, on yeah. a on a track. It's it's well, insane. they're soaring through the air half the yeah. time too. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what's interesting is start looking up some of the carting stuff, um, like shifter carts to to get any any type of feel of how insane those those things are um laguna seca uh shifter cart held the record for like 15 years the track record i've had f1 cars on that track yeah yeah Yeah. that's That's how fast a shifter cart is they're yeah and then you get them on a nice little tight course and i mean it's we were out we were out in amarillo um fastest i was hitting on on our on our k 100s was like in the 50s yeah somewhere 52 well no i think it's 58 58 62 <laughs> something like that um when they had billy musgraves there he's out of california probably one of the right now i'd say probably one of the top 10 shifter drivers in the world um he was hitting he set the track record out there last year Damn. again um but he was hitting 101 <laughs> good lord it was like you were going almost twice as fast as we are out there on on these on these cars. That's insane. And you watch the difference, and it's just like it's mind blowing. Yeah. Like how does something that small going that fast, yeah. and you're stopping? I wish I had seen save that TikTok. So it was like just kind of a everyday guy went went on a shifter cart, and he did like uh, a minute twelve. Then a guy that's kind of familiar with it, he went and did like a fifty five. And so then the, the pro, they were like, "How fast do you think he's going to go?" Now they were like, he's like, I'm pretty quick. I bet he does like maybe a 49. Dude did like a like a under 40 second lap time, yeah. you know. And they were just like, oh my god, I thought I was hauling ass at 55 seconds, you know, laughing. That yeah, they killed them. So yeah, it takes a different talent, man. Like when I went up Tamarillo with those guys, a uh, big group of guys. I mean, I I dominated all of them, but then like the course worker came out there on our last thing, and he just come up next to me and was like, hey. And I'm just going balls to the wall, blowing everybody's doors off. And he's just like, hey. I'm like, where's this guy going, dude? He's just. (laughs) Where's he cutting the track? All right. I got to keep up with him. Like, learn from something from him. So, yeah. So that was fun. But, uh, well, even me, like, I'll get on to tell you, to show the difference between between somebody. I'm a pretty moderate driver. I've been doing it for a while. Um, 
I'm the back, kind of probably in the back of my pack because I don't work yeah. really hard. I've worked more on Gage's stuff than I ever drive. But because we focus so much on Gage and he drives so much, I'm on a 100cc two-stroke. He's on a, what is that thing? I don't even know the CCs on it, but it's a four-stroke motor that puts out not even <laughs> half the power. Yeah. And he's fat, faster by two-tenths of a second on, on the track. You know, I really want to go out and do that. I know you tried to invite me several times last year, but now we'll I'm, get you into one. I really want to go try that sometime. We'll so. get you into one. I, actually, I've got them all at the house now, so I'm starting to work on them and get them ready for the yeah. year. So. That'd be awesome. When I did league racing, there'd be like a kid, like Gage's age, that would pull up on <laughs> in the whole racing suit and all that. And I'm just like, like got to race against the kid yeah and get on there i was like all right cool but i'm getting my ass slapped by this kid yeah. oh yeah. holy crap these kids will piss you off yeah I was like, they will totally crap. piss you off i was like okay cool he's gonna be faster than me in the street i was like oh, i know this corner i can make it <laughs> i was like oh never mind he's got yeah. it <laughs> on the last yeah, episode it's... of drive to survive it's nothing to ruin it but <clears throat> total wolf and his wife take his kid to like try out carts carty yeah and he's like says i want to be a race car driver said no that's gonna be the third thing that you're gonna do like you know you're not gonna be a race car driver yeah so then he's like just putting around the track and he's like he's gonna get off and say that thing is slow sure enough he does he's like all right swap the motor so they swap the motor out for him put a bigger one and he's like zipping through there dude yeah so they're like oh this isn't good yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, to watch to watch a kid that young, and especially like like Gage. Um, now our track rip, rips tires up pretty pretty good, but uh, I mean Gage, especially when he was on cadet carts, the smaller smaller carts. One day, we're through a whole set of tires. All right, so what's the age? Like how five five years about old? four or five. All right, Olivia turns three start. in August, so I got two years. To yeah, they start them on <laughs> they start them on like little uh, their fifty cc kid kid carts. These things are only like three feet Just long. Little they're like that yeah. big by that big. Yeah, you know, and uh, fit in the back of the car. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And they'll start them start them in there. And what's cool about those when you buy them, you buy the whole cart, the engine, everything comes with. Like you just pull pull start that thing after you put some we gas in it, and you're going. No. No. No, uh, decent one, twenty eight hundred bucks, okay, something like that. But I mean, in comparison to what we're you can find into, a used one or something yeah. that somebody, I I've got one located. If you need, uh, I've got two years. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then and then they go into cadet carts, which are basically uh, they're a smaller chassis, but they go from about I think seven years old probably about seven years old and they can go all the way until they're about 12 in those depending on size and stuff and stuff like that. I've got a behemoth of a kid, so he didn't last long in them, but, um, and then from there they go into an adult cart with a restricted motor Okay, and they'll race those till like 15 ish, 16 ish. And, uh, and then they're they're either single single speed, um, they call it an X thirty motor or um, a KA one hundred motor. KA one hundred is a that's a sixteen to eighteen years old bunch of testosterone going around the track. I yeah. mean, you those kids are that's a nasty class to watch. Yeah. It is. I mean, cutthroat as cutthroat gets. And I mean those those are the kids that you know. 
at that level, you're, you're hopefully choosing car racing or cart racing at, you know, for the rest yeah, of your life. Right, right. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, there's, there's kids that, you know, essentially go on to make a career out of it. Probably 20, 2021 or so you that's when you're, that's when you're looking at shifter carts. Yeah. Wow. You know, I mean, some kids will do it at, little little younger 18 18 17 years old they might jump into shifter carts but shifter karting is so insane now that i mean there's what what kids are doing now is they're making careers out of the x30 class which is a liquid cooled it's a liquid cooled 125 uh two-stroke motor that's they're i mean next level compared to the k100 you know they're um probably 15 horsepower more they're i mean they're a huge they're a super fast single speed yeah but they're still single speed yeah and a lot of these kids are leaning more towards that because they look at shifter karting and i mean shifter karting is it's insane insane yeah you know you're adding so much more it's still a 125 liquid cool two-stroke but you start adding gears and then you start adding four four-wheel disc brakes Oh man! To the mix, and it's, I mean, to watch, the most impressive thing probably that I've ever seen is one of those carts stop. Yeah. Because you're, they're going from 100 miles an hour to 30 to go through the corner in a matter of, like, 15 feet. <laughs> like, it's, what, what's difficult for me to comprehend is, like, okay, how does the person stay in the car? Yeah, no kidding. Like, how does, how does it not in. just... Yeah, you don't have a seatbelt, don't have don't have anything. What they have is a heel bar, and they have them in all carts. But you're like pushing yourself against the seat. Yep, the two stroke guys use the heel bar for everything, and yeah, they're basically hanging on for dear life with the edge of their heel on this little tiny, little tiny, you know, three quarter inch bar to keep them in the cart. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's next level stuff. It's it's crazy to watch. Well, here's a, a European's point of view of stock car racing. Oh, God. This will be good. Yeah, it, it actually be great. is. Well, hold on. Really, you never turn right. Dang it. Racing in ovals. Really, you never turn right. You never change gears. In some ovals, you never brake. This is exactly what I thought before going into the USA. Because when I went to Daytona 500, I changed my mind. Racing in ovals is just crazy. You don't have a moment to breathe. You're always fighting, overtaking, defending, contact, speed stops, crashes. Not only, there's a secret world of communication between drivers who forms alliances during the race to pass other cars. And not only, because they told me that if you are behind and put your car in a specific point, you create an aerodynamic effect on the car ahead which destabilizes the car ahead and do you know who told me that a guy named travis pastrana which i had the honor to hey, interview in daytona my and man. you can find the complete documentary i made about nascar on my channel i put the link in the pinned comment oh thanks dude so they're actually somewhat impressed yeah yeah dude i will say it was kind of cool like we we got the radios yeah so i was just sitting there listening to the, they are talking the entire time, like the the spotter. Yeah, sitting there saying car high, car high, car low. You know, at your quarter. You know, you got two back. You know, whatever. Seventeen's behind you. He's coming up quick. You know, like get behind number three. Like whatever. The whole time it's just chatter. The whole yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure there's a ton of strategy to it. Oh yeah. 
I mean, there's there's a ton of strategy to anything that, and that's that's what we've we've found a lot with. You know, you don't see it in you don't see it in motocross. You don't see it in supercross or anything else. You know, when I was off road racing, I didn't see any of that. You get into on road racing, and all of a sudden, now you're dealing with strategy, especially in a class that everything's the same. Right. Yeah. You know, you put and and that's like in karting. That's the two hundred six four stroke class. You are everybody, even with a built motor, you're within probably a half a horsepower or a quarter of a horsepower of every single cart in the field. So now you're, now you're putting it all on the driver, right? Totally 100% on the, on the driver. And there's, there's then now you're getting into strategy. Yeah. You're getting into, you know, I mean, you, even in karting, you see it, they'll draft and draft and draft all, all the way up until the last lap. And then all of a sudden, you know, you Chaos. watch, yeah, you, you'll watch them like, you're like, oh, that guy's, you know, he might go for it, for it a couple times in the, in the, you know, leading up to the last lap and stuff. And you're like, there's no possible way they're ever going to make that pass. It's not going to happen. Like he was not even remotely close to it, had to hit the brakes, lost a bunch of ground and everything else. And then all of a sudden the last lap, you'll see him just like blow by him. Like he's standing still. And it's like, where, why didn't you why do didn't that? You just go. Yeah, yeah. Why didn't you do that? Like. 40 laps ago or 30 right. laps ago and you realize why it's it's because they're they know they get to a point that all of a sudden okay when i pass this person it's going to stick and they can't get me back in time before i get to the right. finish line yeah because if they pass early it's going to get passed again yeah back and forth so yeah and you really don't want to be out in front yeah to yeah. see that to see that strategy is pretty cool to watch it all unfold and stuff like that and yeah. I, I do think that's cool about NASCAR is how they'll let you in on some of that and right. and yep. be able to witness some of that so you have a better understanding of what's actually going on why this guy's you know had the perfect opportunity to pass and didn't take it right you know right um, and we're seeing it we're seeing it some now even in the supercross stuff. I mean, these guys will—they'll position them, themselves, especially behind um, behind somebody fast. They're in Dallas this weekend. They are. Oh, they man. are. That was—that's a, a long story. <laughs> yeah, me and Gage almost packed up and went this weekend. And, Is the race today or tomorrow? Uh, it's tonight. Tonight. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, tonight. Yeah. yeah. It's. We got our our super fantasy bro. picks and <laughs> yeah. Um. Do we need to start a F one fantasy league? I wish they up. had one. They do. They do. They do? Yeah, yeah, we need to. Uh, we need to just set that up and get the word out. Yeah, because oh, the man. first race hasn't happened. No, it's this weekend. Because we started a group. Like we have, we have a family group now. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Everybody ten buck buy in or something or twenty buck buy in. That'd yeah. be fun. Dude, and I'm we... leading. I will say that. 183 <laughs> points. Doing the uh, like the fantasy football punishment. Yeah. Oh yes. Did y'all hear uh, what my friend Brock had to do? I don't think so. I might have heard something oh, about it. College gonna... kids gone wild right here. <laughs> Let's hear so, it. So my friend group had a fantasy league, of course, and then fantasy they... football, right? Yeah. Okay. Football. Okay. And at the beginning of it, everyone shows up in suits at Brock's house. Everyone brings like it's kind of just funny. Like I brought like my whole PC setup and like three laptops, monitors everywhere, and acting like I actually knew anything. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
But anyways, they all draw up punishments. They draw it in their hat, and then the loser at the end will pull that punishment. But they all oh, check man. over it beforehand to make sure it's nothing that we can get kicked out of school for. <laughs> or arrested, yeah. <laughs> or arrested. <laughs> no arrested criminal charges or kicked out of school. Yeah, like it's it's got to be something funny. And then this one was taking a blow-up doll as a date to the college bar. <laughs> so... <laughs> So he ended up bringing it to the college. Oh my god! Uh, and then it got a little crazy. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Good lord! It People was, had a good time. Yeah, and overall, that one actually, like, we all were like, "Oh, dude, like, you're gonna get so embarrassed or that." Dude, bro was like the most popular yeah. guy there. Everyone thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Jake were, had something like that going on too, didn't he? Oh, that was the weight loss challenge. That was the weight loss. Yeah, challenge. the weight loss challenge thing that you guys did. Yeah, but um, no, they like we we're like, oh, like you know, like this is this is gonna be bad. Like he's gonna get so embarrassed. And, no, it was just, they just no, everybody <laughs> loved it. Just Everyone, another party. Everybody yeah, loved they just it. wrote "I lost fantasy" on it. The bouncers came over. They thought they were about to get kicked out. They just took a picture of it. They're like, "Nah, y'all good." Jeez. I guess you could just do that whenever you want to have a good time, you know, yeah. and uh, be popular. It's like the people I saw a, a unethical life hack that you can write like just married on your back window or girls trip, buy us a drink and put yeah. your Venmo on there or something. Oh, jeez! <laughs> and just cruise around and people send send you some money. <laughs> some of those unethical life hacks are crazy. Yeah, they're wild. Yeah, I, I was, think they're like borderline like oh yeah legal trouble. Yes. <laughs> I was listening to something like that the other day on uh, influencers. Yeah. How like these people are trying to become popular and stuff. And I guess, I guess they have in LA, they have this, um, it's basically a studio setup. Yeah. That you go there and okay, you're flying, flying to Miami this week. So you're going to get your picture taken in front of this like stage prop jet. Yep. You know, the oh, yeah. Miami Airways or or whatever the case is. And, you know, and they basically live their life like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, we're f- flying to the Grammys this week and, and this and that. And it's like, no, you're going to yeah. sit your ass on the couch right. in your sweats and watch the Grammys yep. like everybody else. Yep. Have you all seen the, funny. the social media farms in China? <laughs> no. They have a whole, like, warehouse usually just filled with girls live streaming. Oh, my like, God. If you want to look it up there, just look up a picture. It's literally, like, hundreds of girls just live streaming to collect, like, uh, likes and follows. Likes, and follows, and then gifted on, like, TikTok. Oh, Yeah, Jesus. like, they just, because uh, any of those little gifts is just money. And if you have 300 girls talking to guys on there in China, like, yeah. they're going to get some right. money. That's what's crazy how fake life has become. Yeah, oh yeah, hundred percent. It's like it's, the people that are acting like NPCs on TikTok and stuff. Depending on the gift, they'll act something hilarious. out. Like, Have you seen the uh, hot dog guy? Yes, yes. <laughs> There's one guy in New York that just stands on the corner in New York, mm-hmm. like just doing stuff. Spider Man. Yeah, dude, it's crazy, yeah. man. Like I just and they're getting. Uh, um, uh, there was something I was reading the other day on on ninety. It's like ninety percent of all memes now are all AI generated. Oh yeah, I'm sure. It's just, and it's, and most of them are AI generated by Russia. And, yeah. Yep. you know, like all of our political memes and stuff like that, it's all generated it's all propaganda. by propaganda. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's basically in. they're just trying to sway votes on, yep. on people that are yep. on social media all day. The Dude, other 10% so, SpongeBob. 
who's the art? Is it Pol- Pol- Polanski? Mm-hmm. Is that an artist? Wait, Polanski. Roman. It's just stupid artwork that looks like splatter paint. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, God, now I can't think of the name. But I saw this. This was actually, he was a struggling artist, and all of a sudden he became super famous. And it was during the Cold War era. And it turns out that the CIA is the one that bought his painting for millions of dollars and made him a famous artist because they were basically just wanting to confuse Russians of why that is such expensive artwork Mm -hmm. and to just distract them from stuff. And so this dude, an artist, was innocent in everything he's done, and then he he became famous because the CIA made him famous. So it's like no different than nowadays. You know, a lot of people say some influencers are basically... You know, well, and, under the table. I mean, especially especially the um, the censorship of media and especially social media and everything these days, as far as influencing, you know, obviously they're, you know, well, when the Twitter files came out and, and stuff like that, and they were looking at all that stuff and really getting into, you know, okay, this person, everything is exposed and showed to, you know, on a on a billions of viewers level and then this person over here same type person but with a different narrative oh we're only going to show them to you know a hundred thousand people right you know and they were they were swaying things like that like crazy and they're still doing that stuff on obviously they're still doing it on facebook instagram tiktok all of those the only the only people that aren't um that that's not happening to obviously now is is twitter because yeah, Elon, Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. he said no. We're gonna we're gonna end that shit. So yeah, dude. I'm trying to think of what he po- he posted something the other day. I'm like, dang, dude. Elon tweeted that. That's uh oh, he doesn't hold any no. punches. He's he's great. I think it was something about the AT and T so blackout or something. You know? Oh, that was cool. Oh they yeah, that like was something crazy. else. Uh, I didn't get affected by it, but. Oh, dude, I was down for half the day, my first really? day at the new job, and I Where just didn't even, uh, couldn't even do anything, you know? My phone? I profited or... off it. <laughs> I profited off it. Because I have this, I have this theory. Here's my, here's my stock buying theory <laughs> for everybody. Um, big corporation hits the news. It'll always take a dip first. It'll just go down a point or two, and then it'll always come back up. You talk about it. It's, it's the whole, <laughs> it's the whole basic theory of, of any publicity is good publicity. As soon as people start talking about your company, all of a sudden your stock's worth more. And yeah. it and it happens. I mean, it was up. I think I'm. It was up a point or something yesterday. So I mean, I profited a little bit off it. And okay. Monday, Monday it'll go up, and then I'll sell it off Monday. You know what I notice as a trend on the stocks is you know like they're starting to have a bunch of like cannabis companies and mm-hmm. stock market. Almost all of them that start up drop to like pennies and then they shoot up to about two to five dollars and then go back down to pennies. it's just yeah but it's so volatile and it's it's it so is, hard to but i've noticed that with like every single one at least uh, a couple of years ago i looked at i was never uh, robin hood won't let you date or, or uh is it day trading where you buy and sell same day and all you can that? day yeah. trade on robin hood no you, you can only do like three a week Oh really? Yeah. So like, if I wanted to do that, I'd have to. Well, do if you have a cat, you got to set up a cash account. Like, there's ways to do it, but yeah, it's like, just, I don't it's have enough. formatted different. Right. It is. Uh, I just remembered I didn't have enough money to do. Yeah. That. Dude, y'all need to watch on Netflix. Uh, was it recently came out? It was about a. Uh, 
golly, I can't remember what it's called. They were basically making a debit card that linked to your uh, digital wallet. Oh, really? And it was a total scam. Total scam. I believe it. And, dude, it's it's a crazy documentary about, I mean, several of them went to jail, and one of them just ended up ratting out everybody, but I'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. What do y'all think about crypto? Shoot. I mean... I don't understand it well enough to really get into it. Do you know how it's mined? Yes. Um, yeah, I actually, well, it was when, when Bitcoin went crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend, a friend that, um, from Michigan, we, we had started talking about it and, uh, he's like, man, he goes, I want to, he goes, I want to pool together some money with three, four different people and, and buy some equipment to, to mine it. And, uh, um, I was kind of looking for something for an investment type type thing, and and we talked about it hard, and we were really getting close to to doing it. And I was like, you know what? I just don't know enough about this to <laughs> to do it. And it was it was back in the back in the time that you could get some. Yeah, you could mine. You, you could mine it. Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, the way it the but it was it was even the profit structure and everything was was pretty we were going to make money um and we would have made money but we wouldn't have made like it it wasn't it wasn't to the point that you were like doubling your money or any anything like that you know what i mean right. after the power and the equipment and the maintenance and and the, every everything else yeah. that it that it took yeah it was like if we would have had two thousand dollars into it, we would have made, you know, say two two thousand dollars into it a week or something, just using standard numbers. We would have maybe made twenty five hundred a week, you know. So I mean, you split that would that kind of much. Yeah. How big of a setup? <laughs> it was a pretty Huge? big setup. Okay. Yeah, it was a pretty big setup back back then. Um, but it was you know it was it was basically renting out renting out a building and yeah. renting out the space and everything to house cool all these computers. And, you know, buying enough, enough computers and the way they wanted to structure it is we're going to take all the money, put it back into it, buy more computers, buy, buy more of this, buy more of this. And then to the point that it got big enough that you could make a big, big well, profit. There's just freaking football field size yeah. computing yeah. rings. So yeah. When bit, bit conned yeah. is what it was yeah. called. Oh yeah. I, I might've, if I didn't watch that, I I was thinking about it. Y'all, y'all definitely need to watch it. Yeah, they lied, they cheated, and they made millions with a cryptocurrency scheme that was too good to be true. So yeah, I don't understand what Bitcoin can be even used for in the daily life. Cause well, it used to be. It used to be because here's here's a funny thing. My brother, my brother will not talk to me about Bitcoin because my brother, uh, you know, I think I've told you guys, he's a big tech nerd. Yeah. Um, I love him to death, but him, you know, back when, back when we were younger, I'm, we're so two polar opposites. Like I was into racing and stuff like that. I was into anything I could see in front of me and gave me a thrill adrenaline junkie. Um, he was a, he played computer games, so we just didn't have a single thing in common. We didn't, I, I went years and years without it ever even talking to my brother because we just had nothing to talk about, Yeah, you know? And it was, you know, I thought he was wasting his life on the computer and this and that, well, his buddies back in back when they were in high school, 
um, this is when Bitcoin first came out, like they would use it to buy pizzas and, and stuff like that, you know, and they thought it was the coolest thing in the world. You know, I mean, it probably cost three Bitcoins to buy a freaking pizza yeah, back then. Now it's $20,000 per Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to 50. But, no, yeah. Now it went up uh, over a hundred percent recently in the last few yeah. months. Well, what he did, he thought he was making like, he 51, thought 51,000. <laughs> he thought he was cashing out big time and he was going to, you know, he was screwing the system. Basically he cashed out and I think he bought a, bought his like Ford Taurus that got him out to California. It's like a $6,000 car or something like that. Still great though. Yeah. He thought he was doing fantastic, but it probably cost him 250 Bitcoin to buy the damn thing, you know? And, uh, you know, he's got a friend that did it too. Well, his friend forgot that he had it. His friend's living in California, multi, multi, multi millionaire. Never have to his kids, kids, kids will never have to work a day in their lives. Lives in a mansion type type thing, and you know he's like, oh, because I forgot about it. I had I had Bitcoin until it like blew up, and then he's like, oh, I think I have some of that. Logged into his account, and he's like, oh, I'm a multi millionaire. <laughs> Damn, it's crazy. My dad was talking to me about it back when it came out, and he was just like, yeah, I heard about it when they were like a hundred bucks each for a Bitcoin yeah. about. He's just like, ah, it's, yeah, this is the highest it's going to go. <laughs> yeah, dude, I think it was 20, 2009 or 2010. I was telling Danita about it. But, dude, we didn't have 100 bucks to spend. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, golly, if I had just no one been doing it good now. A chance. You know, because yeah. I was just like, dude, you know, this sounds stupid, but I really wish we just had, like, a little bit of money just to buy some of this because I think it's going to do something, you know, yeah. and sure enough. No, yeah. I guarantee you the only people that profited off of it were the people that forgot. Oh, There's yeah. There's no 100%. way that yeah. no one would have held on to it. Well, yeah, long. exactly. If I had bought $100 worth and that was like 10 Bitcoin, I would have sold it when it was 1000 yeah. or when it was 500 Yeah, Because yeah, like, we oh, were cool. We were freaking broke. <laughs> yeah. You know, had had a, had babies, you know. Like, I couldn't. It's, mm. it's easy to look back now and, like, the pizza's like, oh, if I still had that. But realistically, you probably wouldn't. No one would have bought yeah. it. And that's what Joel, Joel, he got so mad. He, yeah. Like, I called him when it, like, went crazy, and I'm like, hey, should I do something like this? And he's like, I don't want to talk to you about this right now. <laughs> it's yeah. it's kind of, like, too late to get into it unless you go right. to the extreme. Unless right. you own the warehouse that's a football field. Yeah. That's what I feel, and I don't um, know if that's the case, but. I yeah, got nice. into it. My dad and I were looking into it because he looked into it whenever it was like little and then i just got my first gaming pc and we we're like oh bitcoin's going up like oh maybe we should use this pc to mine it <laughs> and then um you know a little bit went by got the new pc with the best graphics card you could buy at that time that can you guess how much that thing made a month pennies it made about $25 a month for <laughs> yeah. one graphics card yeah. which is crazy but still, you're spending more on, uh, on actually equipment. the return on value is going to be years. Yeah, yeah. but like the uh, it, like we would have never made our money back on the PC, and then the the electricity what we calculated it off of uh, just estimating of how much like one GPU would take to just run it twenty four seven, which it wasn't going to run twenty four seven. Yeah, and because I want to use my PC, right? <laughs> um, we would have spent more money on electricity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's what we were looking at. Like the ones that we were looking at back when we were looking into it were like ten thousand dollars a machine, and yeah. you know, and they ran. It, it was like the cost to run it per month and everything else. It was several thousand dollars, it, and then it takes a lot. Like whenever those guys, 
um, doing those big football fields, I is about eight hundred thousand dollars a month. Yeah. Well, you know what they're you know what they're mining it with here uh, locally, the windmills out by the four sixes and stuff. Yeah. That's that's where uh, um, we had a customer come through. He was on contract. He was the electrician that um, that wired up the whole power station thing out there <laughs> that they were running it off the off the windmills and stuff. He's like, yeah. He goes, they got no use for those windmills. They're all junk and everything else. You know, it was a big failed government yeah. contract thing. So they turned it into they're mining Bitcoin with it. It's crazy. Yeah. So back to to what can you spend it off of today? Anything. I mean, you can you can transfer it real quick and easy to. There's there's like ATMs and stuff like yeah, that yeah. in gas there's, stations. There's that you ATMs can... and stuff, but whenever I use Bitcoin, I use it for gambling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. at the same time, if you used it like if you owned Bitcoin and went to the gas station, it's like a five dollar fee yeah. just to use it. Right. Yeah. So that's convenient. Just use, just but I mean, there, there's a lot of places <laughs> online and stuff that you can do it or i mean it was it's used I, more on the dark web back in the day when that was yeah. a thing you know people it's still a thing right but mm-hmm. i mean that that's that that was the sole kind of purpose behind bitcoin was more of just for anonymity right? the only that, cool thing now that i've found is like it's just anonymous buying right and selling and all that yep What's your thoughts on it becoming the national currency? No, no. that'll never happen. Never. The so. government will have to be behind it somehow. It's going to get hacked. It's yeah. going to be no longer anonymous. It's. Yeah. I wish we knew how much Bitcoin the government owned. Because like that documentary, it says the, the, the government seized a ton of it and never yeah. distributed it to anybody. How can they seize Bitcoin, though? Well, they can just get the wallet and get access to it and take it. But that... That just doesn't seem right. Like that doesn't. Well, just like any other bank account. Yeah, right. Right and the government don't go hand in hand <laughs> together. It, I mean, we were we were just talking about that a little bit ago about um, like how the the government regulates trade to inflate the prices and and stuff like that. And uh, you know, you talk to you talk to people in America because it was a big thing in the UK. UK, they were they were really really coming down on that and uh you know somebody's like oh man i can't believe they did that there you know i'm, I'm glad to glad to live in america and this and that and i'm like you think they're not gonna do it here or they yeah, wouldn't it's yeah. just more well, they can never that yeah they can't they can never what's happening yeah never they were like that, oh they could so. never do that to us you know we have too many government regulations and this and that against it and it's like nope right <laughs> We're the most corrupt government in the right. in the world, yep. you know. Of course, of course, they're going to find ways to do it. They're just not going to let us know that they're doing it, you right. know. But yeah, it's. I think uh, a lot more controlled by the government than anybody would ever, yeah, for sure, be privy to. Yeah, I mean, I think when we talk with Carl about all this stuff, we could have went down a lot more rabbit holes. But I think oh, he. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was very informative on a lot of that stuff. But. Yeah. Well, um, what you got next? We can save it for next time, really. Yeah. But, um, here's just a fun question. So you're offered $875 million, but you have to give up a family member. Doesn't say they have to die. Doesn't say you can't visit them. But you have to give up a family member. I don't know what that means, give up. but Yeah, no, it's... Um, extended family too. 
That's what I mean. I guess we can. Do you ha- get how to far? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. So how far in depth do you want to go? I was going to say, do you get to choose? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've had family burn me more more than any of yeah. my. And if it's a uh, it, does ex family like you know like uh, oh, <laughs> if you go extended yeah, family it, yeah if ex family then that just makes it too easy go. right yeah. exactly yeah. Yep. It's like, oh, yeah. Let me give me my 800 million. You'd have to have a pretty strong family. Right. No. Well, I, here, I wouldn't. No. Well, here, here's another good money question. You're offered a 50-50 chance to get $100 million. Or you could just take a million. Would you take the 50-50 chance or would you just take a million? Wait. Take a million. It's For guaranteed me. you get a million bucks or you flip a coin and you either get 50 million or you get zero. Oh, 50 million. So you go for the flip, the bet? 100%. I'm either back to where I am happy or I get even more happy with 50 million. <laughs> I'm a sure bet type of guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I let it roll. I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking a million, I'm investing it. And... Yeah. Well, I mean, the million will last a bit, but I I think I'd just find more problems unless I had an extreme amount of money. Yeah. Jordan Peterson's big on that. He'll yeah. give people those, those type of... right scenarios scenarios and yeah. and put them in there and you and analyze i think it's i think it's cool to analyze why somebody would right would do pick it. which reason yeah yeah so you know, so you go a million bucks i'd go a million dollars sure bet why i mean wouldn't if, you go the other way even yeah. if you even if you cut it all the all the way down to um doing it by a thousand dollars and a hundred dollars i'd take the hundred dollars I would take the pals. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do it. I mean, so it, you're a gambling man. Yeah. Well, it's not just because of that. It's just like I have nothing to lose, so why not just yeah. go for the big one? But yeah. you do have something to lose. No, you're not losing a million. You're, hypothetically, you're, you are. Hypo- hypothetically, hypothetically, you are giving I'm that not million back. Losing a million out of my bank account, but, but no. What but would that have, do emotionally have, to you? That to think like a couple weeks later, that dude, I could have a million bucks in my account right now here's but i could have had 50 million if i didn't take that offer here's the, i think <laughs> here's the guaranteed biggest to have a million but i mean i think so presentation <laughs> presentation of that would influence everything if somebody were were to set a million dollars in front of you <laughs> and but they don't have that what was it 50 million or, or whatever backing if they if they just set a million dollars in front of you and say you can walk out the door right now with this case of a million dollars, or you can, or you can take a gamble on something that's not in front of you, that is either going to be zero, and we're going to walk out the door with that case, or we're gonna, or is going, or we're gonna later on bring you this fifty million, fifty million dollars. Yeah. I guarantee you when you're put on the spot, you're going to be like, I'm going to take that stack of cash sitting right there in front of me. Oh no. Tax free, yes. Uh, yeah. Dude, if the dude yeah. goes a coin flip for fifty million, and like I, even if I did see it, I think I'd still take the coin flip. I think you're crazy. I think you're young and dumb. Yeah, that's that's what it, that's what it comes down to. That, what am I going to do with exactly a million? <laughs> the same thing you're going to do with fifty million. Oh, I'm going to be living large with fifty. You million. could do that with a with a million dollars too. Yeah, it's that's a no brainer. Yes, you can. If you're smart with it, you can you could make a million dollars last and compound it into multiple more, really quick and easy. I've got an interesting question for you, and this comes from this comes from a book that I just started reading. Um, The boys got me this this book for Christmas. 
and just got into it. And uh, it's the 48, 48 Laws of Power. Oh, I've wanted to read that. Yeah? Yep, I've heard that. I am. I've got Who, very... Who's that by? I can't remember. You'd have yeah. to look it up. <coughs> um, I've got very mixed feelings on it. Okay. Because some of these laws are really, really, really like... They're they're those type of they're those type of laws that like this is not morally right, <laughs> but I mean if you look at it I mean these these are people that they wrote this book on yeah, oops, sorry they wrote this book on um um studying people in power I mean all the all the way down to like you know studying Hitler and and things like that you know I mean all the all the main most powerful people in the world and, and stuff and what they what they did to get there and everything. Robert, um, Robert Green. Yeah, yeah, that's who it was. Um, Forty-eight laws of power. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of some of these, like uh, we were having a conversation this morning on it. Um, destroy your enemy totally. Do not leave. Do not leave a, a flicker or a flame left at the end of it. Destroy what? Destroy your enemy totally. Okay. What yeah. in the explanation? I just got into this short explanation. There's a whole chapter on it, but I just got it. I'm reading uh, what is it, the prologue or whatever beforehand. Um, basically, it's it's saying in a in a way that you know if you have if you have the chance chance to take your enemy down, you don't let them have any mercy. No n- no chance to come back. Completely Good put them. Completely annihilate them so they have no chance of recovery, because what they're saying with that is obviously you leave that little bit of flame or little you know little bit of tinder, they're going to turn that into a flame. They're gonna they're gonna come back bigger, stronger, and come for revenge. That's literally what's happening around the world. <laughs> well, and it and it is to a it is to a certain point. But do you do you embrace that in your in your life the way you sit right now? I mean, one, my enemies, like I don't really have enemies, but at the same time, it's like, I just cut people off. You know, if we, if I have a disagreement or. And with what they're saying with that is you don't cut people off. You don't ever forget your enemies. You keep track of them. You, you, um, take any chance that you can to gain dirt on them, gain anything that you can. And you put them in the ground. (laughs) Right? That sounds like a, a lot of unnecessary effort. Yeah. It's a very narcissistic in a negative way. Yeah. But sounds you know, like I'm going to jail. <laughs> well, and, the, and that's, well, that's what, why that's what we were like, talking about. It's very cut, narcissistic. Cut it off, move on, and like I'm not like yeah, dude. There, there's a couple individuals that I have very strong feelings against. Yeah, but yeah. I just won't associate with them. Anytime somebody brings them up, I just back away from that conversation. Like, yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah, ex- exactly. hundred percent. But they're, you know, according, according to this book, you know, and granted I haven't got totally into it and everything. That's, that's why that's one of the things we lack in becoming more powerful. Yeah. You know, but, and that's what we were talking about. Like a lot of, there was like five or six of them that we read that were like, that's almost the definition of a narcissist. Right. But, if you look at it and I mean, thousands of people have said it most, most of your, your most powerful people in the world are extreme narcissists. Oh yeah. hundred percent. You know, I mean, you almost have to be narcissist to be in a, in a world leader or, or huge power role 
in yeah. in the world and you know it's like how much how far do you take that right well i mean it worked in um like early civilization like the chinese dynasty mongolians and all that <laughs> yeah well i mean they even get they into also like didn't have social media to cancel them yeah then. exactly <laughs> they get into lies and deception they didn't have terms <laughs> so this here says it says what does the 48 laws of power say and so i click that it says some key principles you learn use your enemies yeah. Keep others dependent on you. Say as little as possible. Take credit for others' work. Control <laughs> all the options. Don't take sides. Create a cult following and don't get your hands dirty. Yeah. You're going to choose to apply or dismiss these rules, but you can't escape them. And, but it, it is the harsh reality of, it's the harsh reality of hu- human existence. I mean. So the other thing that popped up here, why is it, why is it banned? And, uh, and in schools or something? Unsurprisingly, the book is oft requested with U.S. prison libraries, but it focuses on how to acquire power has made it unpopular with authorities. Green himself has spoken out against prison censorship, calling it a form of control. It's the ultimate form of power of manipulation. So apparently it's not very... Uh, popular in prisons oh i can't imagine it would be like i mean yeah one of the one of the you're gonna take that literal <laughs> one of the things we were reading what was it um it's compared oh, to the modern day equivalent of machiavellianism yeah the prince so um one of them was uh deceive deceive your enemies choose if you if you hang on something that people love as a as a fact or as a truth, that behind that truth you can tell ten lies. This sounds like a World War II to advance yourself. <laughs> uh, this is this is studies of power throughout throughout history. Yeah. You know the whole history of human existence. This sounds and stuff. like like the, the how they chose to win like battles and all that. In yeah. World War too. Yeah, it's. I mean, like it's literally like textbook to how they did it. And what's the book? Something about power. Peter Jordan Peterson has. Oh, I don't know. But I'm. It's gonna be like. Um, we were talking about it this morning. Like it, it's gonna be a hard for life. That's what I was. thinking. Yes. Well, that's totally different than right. than trying to you know become right. a world leader. but what's like wrong with just like dropping someone rather than oh i'm gonna look them up and yeah i feel like that takes too much energy that i could be focusing positively on something else instead of negative circumstances like account for like because I mean, social media is just life now. Like it's just a part of everyone's life. <laughs> yeah, and it and it explains in there. You know, you don't spend too much time doing certain things, and you don't. You know, um, you uh, one that I th- one that I thought one that I thought was actually good. It was actually like the first rule is um, don't unshine, don't outshine the master. And, you know, on, on basically, you know, if you're, if you're smarter than the person that you're learning from, or you're better at something, something from the person you're learning from, you let them, let them have that. So they continue teaching you, teaching you, you know, the things that you haven't learned. And 
I mean, some of, some of the stuff that I was reading, some of the stuff sounded really good. Make your master appear more brilliant than they are. You will attain the heights of power. When yeah. it comes to power, outshining the master, perhaps the worst mistake of all. Never take your position for granted. Never let any favors you receive go to your head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Is it show all of them on there? Uh, yeah, I could read them off. See if, <laughs> no, see if, go to uh, the, uh, um, which one was it? Uh, the one about um, making people do your work and taking their credit for it, because it's essentially not. It's not as bad as it as it sounds. It sounds horrible. <laughs> it sounds horrible, but as you know, in in the thing is, I get mean, others to do the work for you, but always take the credit. Yeah, it says no notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you, it elaborates, it elaborates more, more on it. But I mean, it is, it is basically the business, the business model of, of a successful business essentially. Cause I mean, if you really yeah. look at it, I mean, and, and that's the thing. I mean, t- today, you know, even I try to give, give my employees credit where credit's due and stuff like that. And you call it a, a team, you right. know, um, you know the whole team d- did this and and every everything else but when you see some very very successful businesses like like we'll we'll use i know the car industry so i mean i'm going to use the car industry um boyd coddington chip foose um you know guys guys like that that have their name out there essentially they're taking the credit for it. Here's no 100% matter how the difference in those two guys, though. Boyd Coddington had a huge shop mm-hmm. and sat in the office while others did the work. Chip Voos has a very small shop that I've toured, like you yeah. go to that thing, and he's out there doing the work still. Yes. They only have one or two cars they're working on at a time, you know. But, I mean, so even same time. Chip Foose is he's an amazing car designer. He's an amazing, you know, he's great at paint. He's great at, you know, certain things. Um he's got guys doing the fabrication work. He's got guys doing the motor work. He doesn't know the intricacies of, of building a motor or, you know, things like that. It takes a team effort to build every car. That's awesome. Oh, that's sick. And that's sick. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it takes a team effort to build every car. So what you're saying is like, but, outsourcing some stuff with the car and then putting your name on it. You're still putting your name on it. Claiming it as your own. Yeah. I mean, uh, essentially, you know, I mean, a car comes out of, out of my business. It comes out with the business name on it. Now in a, in a position that you're trying to gain power or, or whatever you, you take credit for that whole car. I did this. I, you know, as the owner of this business or the leader of this business, I did this. Yes. Um, you know, it's the, it's the difference in saying my, my team did this and, or, or, Hey, you know, X, X guy over here built this car. Right. I didn't build this car. We didn't build this car. He built this car. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I do see, I do see some of that, you know, and, and there's a, there's a fine line to ride with, with some of that, but, um, yeah, I mean when you when you first when you first read it you're like, "Oh man, that's that's absolutely yeah, batshit crazy." You know, but there's, there's some good ones in here, man, that I'm just kind of scrolling through it. Yeah, there is some good ones. There's some very good ones. 
Um, I mean, so much depends on reputation. Guard it with your life. And that's a lot of the reason that I don't talk to certain individuals is yeah. because I don't want to be associated with them. Yeah. 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 Um, there's, there's also some stuff in there. Um, you know, there's some, there's some stuff in there that you, I just realized even just from reading the little bit that I, that I read that, okay, I, you know, I'm not the type of person that wants to be in that position of, I don't, I would never want to be the president. I'm not that guy. I would never want to be, you know, I don't struggle for power. I don't crave it. I don't want to be that powerful guy. You know, I don't want to be in like, um, one of theirs is, uh, stay, uh, stay unique and stay different and keep yourself in the spotlight and stuff like that. I'm not a spotlight guy. I'm just not that, you know, I'm not that guy. I would rather people leave me alone. Don't, don't build a fortress. You'd never want to build a fortress. Yeah. Don't build a fortress to protect yourself. Isolation is dangerous. Yeah. No notes. Yeah. To me, isolation is key and isolation is peace, you know? So it's, I mean, yeah, there's some, there's some stuff in there that's, you know, and it's, you know, that's what makes me, makes me know that I don't want to be a, one of those guys. I mean, do I want to, I love being a leader. I love leading my guys. I love teaching. Um, you know, I love having those, having those conversations that, that teaches somebody that, you know, especially when you give them just enough and see the light bulb pop on. Right. Like, Oh man, like that's super satisfying for me. For sure. This book is like the, the saying of the squeaky wheel gets the oil in a way. Like you want to be that loud person, so you get everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's well, there's, well, there's so much stuff be quiet, in there. Like, uh, be quiet and listen. Yeah, yeah. There's one of those laws which I I hang my hat on that. I think always say less than necessary. Yeah, I do that. So well, because uh, you don't want to show your cards. One a report from Winston Lord had worked on for a day after giving it to Kissinger, he got it back with a notation: "Is this the best you can do?" Lord rewrote and polished and finally resubmitted it, but it came back with the same Kirk question. After redrafting it one more time and once again getting the same question, he snapped, damn it, yes, it's the best I can do. To which Kissinger replied, fine, then I guess I'll read it this time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. person who cannot control his words shows that he cannot control himself and is unworthy of respect. But the human tongue is a beast that few can master. It strains constantly to break out of its cage, and it is if it is not tame, it will run wild and cause you grief. Power cannot accrue to those who squander their treasure of words. Power is in many ways a game of appearances, and when you say less than necessary, you inevitably appear greater and more powerful than you are. Learn the lesson. Once the words are out, you cannot take them back. Keep them under control. I am a believer in that. Be particularly careful with sarcasm. The momentary satisfaction you gain with with your biting words will be outweighed by the price you pay. Yeah, I do believe. I mean, and I'm that's to dig into this, dude. It's yeah, it it's, actually sounds it's, really interesting. It's very interesting. Um, it's just uh, you know, it's it's going to be one of those um, those things that I don't like books that I don't believe in. Yeah, especially like, oh man, I think that's horrible. I have a hard time reading that. Um, I don't. I had a really really hard time reading. Um, Oh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Yeah, we talked about that's, that before. That's, yeah. I read that book in high school and I loved it. 
I I hated it right from the right from the get go. Um, I also think that at the time I just liked it because I was reading a book that cussed. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I think I think I think I think I need to reread it to talk about you know what you are is what you are, and okay, you're you're a sorry sack of shit that doesn't make any money, and you're not going to be successful in life, and you're not going to you know you're not going to be able to put food on the table for your family and stuff like that, and you just have to accept that because that's what that's who you are. Yeah, I got that. That's horrible. That but it also Moved mentions on. that you should change that. But it's it's saying that you should su- just, accept just accept it, it. and. <clears throat> You know, and just go about finding something. No, fucking strive your ass off. And yep. yeah, it mentions that. It doesn't just say just be a lousy couch potato. Well, if you're destined for did. it, yeah, yeah. It, it says if you're destined for it, yeah, you have to go out and work well, for yeah, it. Yeah, that's yeah. the brutal but. truth. Like it'll like, I mean, like, yeah. People say, yeah, I'm going to do better, but they usually like most people don't. So, like yeah. I do, I do believe though that there is. Uh, that's the thing. I mean, I didn't like the book or anything else, and I think it's maybe it's because I'm I'm the type of person that I want to work my ass off, and I want to you know I want to get farther in life, and I I have big dreams and big aspirations and and things like that. But um, I do think there was there was some value in, um, and I think people don't realize today that there's. There's entrepreneurial type people. There's employees. There's there's people that want you know that want that steady type of life and and things like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with um. There's nothing wrong with being an employee. No, not at all. No. You know, and you know we do have that. Especially, I've noticed that more more since I moved to Texas than anything is everybody. I'm gonna go start a business. That's everyone says that, and that's yeah. what we. I've been taught all through like schooling is you want to be a boss and be this, but you're not going to always be the boss. Well, and it's right. it's not even that. It, you know, everybody. Every, I think the the biggest problem with that in today's world is the instant gratification that they're looking for from exactly. It. You know, you've got guys. They put um, in a couple months effort and like, yeah. this isn't working. Oh, I'm a master. I'm a master at this because I've because I've done it for six months. I've been working for this guy. I see everything that he's doing. I saw the whole business and every everything else. I'm gonna go. I can do this on my own. And then all of a sudden they get out on their own. And they go, oh, oh. Well, what do I do in this right. situation? What do I do in this situation? Well, how, yeah. you know, how does this work? And how does you know. Yeah. things like that and then they're then they're like oh man you know and, and it's a horrible business and it ends up going under and everything else but um you know the instant gratification in starting in being an entrepreneur and you know all of a sudden they've got you know they were making thousand bucks a week and all of a sudden now they're making you know eighteen hundred two thousand dollars a week doing the same same work they're like oh man this is this is great and everything else and then the next thing you know they screw something up and get sued and <laughs> <laughs> well i didn't see that coming you right. know and it's you know i mean i i'm very very against that if you if you have that entrepreneurial spirit and everything to yourself you need to find somebody and learn yep. to yep. where yep. you know and I mean, I've, I've had guys that worked for me, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm good enough for this and I'm good enough for, you know, I know how to do this and I can, I can do this. And I'm like, no, you don't, you're not there yet. Right. You know, um, I had the, 
perfect. I have such a perfect story. I just thought about that. The guy works for me now. So I had this. I had this kid. No, no, it's not you. I had this kid straight you want out. To disclose this. No, I, I, I'll tell. I'll tell everybody who he is. He knows who he is, and we have we've had this conversation. That's the okay. only reason I'm telling this story. So straight out of high school, like the day he graduated, he came and worked for me, and uh, has a ton of motivation. I want to be a mechanic. I want to be a mechanic, and I was and I'd let him do things every once in a while. Let him, you know do one side of breaks or something if I was watching and, and things like that. Um, and he's, I'm, I'm ready to be a mechanic. I'm ready. You know, can I do this? He'd like, he, a job would come in and he's like, I want to do this, this job for you. And I'm like, yeah, I can't not right now. You know, you're just, you're not there yet. Well, he left, he quit and he went, went to go work for, um, went to go work for a guy that I fired actually. <laughs> and cause he's like, well, this guy's going to make me a mechanic. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, you're not ready. And this, this guy, I'm not going to say names, but this guy taught him a lot, taught him a ton, made him a mechanic. He went out, made his mistakes, made huge mistakes, you know, um, some big, some small, you know, but learned through them and everything. I wasn't at the point in my business that I could afford for him to make those mistakes and keep my reputation and everything, everything else. Um, Fast forward a year and a half later, guy goes out of business, made too many mistakes, made too, you know, things like that. Um, got a phone call one day. Actually, it was a, it was a message on messenger. Hey, are you hiring from the, from this guy that, that was, I mean, he yeah. was my parts runner. He was my yeah. floor sweeper organized everything here. I mean, um, Hey, are you hiring? Said, as a matter of fact, I am. Come on in. Let's talk. And, uh, He's like, yeah, I learned a lot in the last year and a half and, and this and that. And, and that was one of the questions I asked him. I said, when you left here, were you ready to be a mechanic? Oh, no, probably probably not. I said, I saw something, didn't I? Yeah. I said, I said it would have happened. It would have right. happened, you know, if you would have stayed here. It wouldn't have happened as quick as you just, you know, got, got to it because right. I can't afford those kind of mistakes. And uh, he's a damn good mechanic now. Nice. He's great. He's, he's awesome. <laughs> works works here now, and I mean, he learned a ton. He went off, made his mistakes. He's, you know, he is now at that at that spot, you know. But a year and a half ago, when he wanted to be at that spot, he was not there. Yeah, you know, and I mean, he wanted that instant gratification and, and everything else, and I couldn't give it to him then. But yeah. I mean, now now he's put in the time, he's put in the effort. And he did it without even knowing, really. You know, I mean, he's like, oh, well, you know, I'm a mechanic now. And it's like, mm, probably, <laughs> you probably would have been the same mechanic, you know, maybe a little bit longer, two years. But you probably would have known a little bit more. You know, right. I mean, he's a little unrefined, but um, we're working on that. And, I mean, really, he's he's a go-getter. He's a, he's a, working, he's a working son of a bitch. That's awesome. You know, so, yeah, there is, there are those, those stories. Yeah, you know. I like turned around because I'm mainly now cleaning and all that. My hours, yeah, suck. <laughs> With school, I like turned around cleaning the shop, and I come back, and yeah, it's like the whole cradle and torque tube dropped on a Corvette. I was like, dude, what? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, he's he's good now, and that's you know, and that's that's some of the. I think that's that's why I like. 
that's why I tend to hire younger people. You know, I, I hire a lot of kids that are in college. Most, most everybody here is either in college or fresh out of college or All your employees you know. are in college. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's, it's because it's, it's cool to see, like I enjoy, that's probably one of the things that I enjoy the most is, is watching, you know, teaching and, and watching all that stuff kind of come to fruition. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, that's, it's, it's a, it's a cool thing to watch. It's, um, I mean, we've go, we're going through it right now with, with Hayden is ours, is ours, um, aren't the greatest with him going to school and, and stuff like that. And, and there was some stuff that I, he was on the borderline of, he knows, he knows very good basics but getting into some of the more complicated diagnostic problems and some of the more complicated issues and stuff that cars have, um, we needed some work there. So it's, you know, we re kind of reeled him back in and still give him the basics. But then when he gets into the little more complicated problems or, or working on, we're trying to get him more efficient and just, you know, little things that I can teach him to be faster and, and actually make a career out of this rather than, rather than being one of those guys that goes, you know, maybe someday goes to a dealership and, oh man, I can't get past this. I yeah. can't make more than six, 700 bucks a week. Cause I'm just, you know, not efficient with my time and not using my time wisely. Um, you know, it was something, the simplest thing that I, that I've taught him lately is he loves to use ratchets and wrenches and hand wrenches and stuff. And I'm like, you, you have thousands of dollars in power tools sitting right there, like literally within arm's reach. Why in the hell are you picking up a wrench He's to take a bolt off? Crank on it. Yeah. Like hit a button, used. get that thing off as fast as, as fast right. as you can. Time worry, is money, bro. Yeah, worry about, worry about the torque when you're putting it back together, yeah. you know? Um, you know, but just little, little stuff like that, that like, I can see that light bulb come on his head that he's like, Oh shit, I just did this, you know, this job that used to take me an hour and a half just went to 45 minutes. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, yeah, yeah I enjoy, I enjoy that and watching, watching that click with people and, and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's probably why I hire kids more, more than anything, you know, what, well, what we consider kids, right? you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> you are legally an adult <laughs> there you go legally yes yeah yeah but no it's it's cool seeing that that and um how old are you 20 21 21 little yeah. bit of little bit of psychology that i see or that i kind of play with is um giving you all my secrets and tricks now um <laughs> <laughs> Young people have a very big motivation to please, especially if you get a motivated college kid or a motivated somebody that's somebody that's willing and has the drive to learn. Yeah. They have an uncanny ability to yep. please yeah. and to, you know, that satisfaction they get out of, let me show you what I can do. And you turn that, you turn that into an employee. And now you have now you have an employee instead of hiring an old man with 20, 20 years experience that goes, well, of course, I know how to do that. That's child's play. That's stupid. Uh, you know, this and that and takes their time and goes out there and pokes around at it. And, you know, because they've done it 500 times. You have a kid that goes, let me show you that I can do this. Right. Let me show let me show you how fast I can do this and that I can do it. Correct. Let me show you that I can do it more correct than anybody else <laughs> has ever done it. Yeah. 
you know, you start getting stuff like that. And I mean, all of a sudden we're doing really, really good quality work at really good, you know, really good times and, and everything else. And I eat that shit up. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and then that person, that person just did that job and they go, they go, I can do that job better than, better than this, this guy that's been doing it for 20 years. Yeah. And they can, you know, so I will say Jake, I was talking with Jake before I even text you about asking for a job here. He's like, he's like, yeah, dude, come on, come on, it'll be fun. Like, let me explain flat rate and all that. I was like, oh yeah, I do this stuff in, on my car. Like, you know, it'd be cool. And then I got here, I was like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is not what he said. I was like, dude, I'm. It's like, I didn't. I'm not getting paid this week. <laughs> I played. I played more mind games with Jake than anybody anybody I've ever had here. Because I mean, he's he's a very strong minded individual, and I I love that kid to death. Um, he's doing great, by the way. Yeah, I I just texted him oh, really? yesterday. Yeah, he was asking me about buying a motorcycle. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> so he would come into the office and be totally stumped on something. Oh my god. Can't figure it out. Can't figure it out. I knew the answer. You know, just let him work through that. it, and I'd go, go back, try this. I'd just give him a little breadcrumb. Yeah, just a little crumb. You go. Is back. that the best you can do? Like, yeah, the- <laughs> it was. That was exactly that. That's what made me think about okay, it. Maybe I'll finally go and check it out. Yep, and he'd he'd come back. Man, I've been sitting out there for an hour and a half thinking about this, and I I just I can't get it. I can't figure it out. And this and that. Try this. Yeah, and go back out there, and. He's like, ah, oh. then he'd, he'd pop in the door, you know, and yeah, I mean, he was losing money. He was losing time, but he was learning so much more than right. any of that's any you of that. Let him figure worth. it out. It's so much like more impactful than yeah. just telling him how to do it. So. Oh, dude, he was so he'd come blown in the office. Dude, I figured it out. It's fixed. It's done. <laughs> I can't believe it. You know yeah. I mean? Just as happy as a person could be in and, and I was like, are you glad that you did that on your own and I didn't give you the answer? Yes, I am. Yeah. I said, will you ever forget it? No, no. I won't forget it. Right. You know, so I mean, it's done. It's permanently etched into your mind forever that way. Yeah. You know, um, one of the biggest lessons he learned, and this was something now granted, I did not know the answer to it, but I hadn't gone over and even touched this car, looked at it, know nothing. <laughs> He was totally stumped on a car. I mean, put a motor in a car, pulled the, pulled the motor out, put the motor in. He goes, I don't understand it. Won't it? I mean, went through it the whole circuitry, tried to figure out the wiring, everything else. We he's re- like, we I got to reprogramming car keys. Yeah, he's he's like, this thing will not start. It'll power up. Everything comes on. The starter will not engage. Like when uh, he ran a line right from the battery to the starter and i mean just all kinds of crazy stuff couldn't figure it out couldn't figure it out and i was busy as shit like there was no possible way i had the time to go over there and figure this out so i was like well all right you have two options you have two options in this you can spend the rest of your life trying to figure this thing out or you can concede (laughs) he spent two more days on it after (laughs) after i gave him those options and he, he goes, showed up at like five in the morning. Just went to town. Oh, he just God. went and went and went on it. Finally, he came in. He's like, I give up. I give up. I was like, well, do you realize? I said that I said the only way that I can possibly make this work being a business owner. I says, we're going to take this car out of the out of our garage, 
I'm going to take it over to the best electrical guy that I know in town, and he's going to fix this. I said, and whatever it costs me is what's going to come off of what I'm paying you. And he was like, oh, I don't want to do that. He's like, well, what's it, what's it going to cost? What's it going to cost? I said, I have no idea. Electrical diagnosis, we we run on the same rate. It's yeah. whatever it takes. Right. It could be an hour. It could be 20 hours. And I said, so you could owe me a week's wages as far as, as far as we know. I don't know what it's going to cost. And uh, he went and worked on it another day. He goes, let me spend the rest of the day on it. Let me see if I can figure it out. Next day comes in. He's like, okay, I give up. So he took it over there, and uh, they fixed it. He fixed it in day and a half. What was it? It was the alternator and the starter are right next to each other. They're the same exact wire. They're the same exact connection. Everything is the same. He had them swapped. Oh my gosh. It was that simple. Now it took, it took this electrical guy quite a bit of looking to to see what he did. You know, he did figure it out. Um, ended up costing him half the money that he made to swap the whole motor. That's sad. And then so, another add-on to that story is he had a friend that did the same motor swap on the same car <laughs> in Dallas. Hey, the car won't start. Oh, no. And then he goes, oh, swap these two wires. And we're like, I think even you mentioned it. You should have charged for that. No yeah. kidding. <laughs> like, yeah. This guy, was, this guy was stumped on it for like two days. And, <laughs> and Jake's like, I know what's going on. Yes. You want to know the golden secret? Yeah. <laughs> he goes, this cost me a lot of money to learn this secret. Let me tell you something. Send, send me at least 20 bucks. I yeah. swapped it and then it started right up. Wow. Yeah. And it's just on that particular car. Like, it's, And what kind of car is this? It's Malibu. A, yeah. Oh, wow. Chevy Malibu. It's yeah. like the 1.5 liter. Freaking Chevys. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, stuff like that, that's... I think that's the coolest thing that ever happens with with my business is when you know when stuff like that happens that you're like that is a that is a life changing moment almost for that for that person in the in the start of their career whether they continue on with that career or not but right. you know there's never going to be a time in in his life that he goes that ever that that issue comes up that he's not going to know right where where to go with that yeah now. So, no, I like that kind of stuff. Cool. What else we got? Man, I don't have much anything else. We didn't get into F1 testing or anything, but there's not a whole lot there. Yeah. So, they did have a uh, a loose drain cover. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. Not again. Like Las Vegas. Yeah, Yeah, like Las Vegas. So, Um, they had to move some times around. But other than that, man. What do you think? What's your what's your honest prediction on what Hamilton does at Ferrari? Hmm. I think he's just trying to grasp at something because Ferrari's almost had the same struggles as Mercedes. Um, they've been competitive, but not dominant. Beginning like, of last year, we thought they were going to be dominant. Right. Right. And I mean, well, same thing. Mercedes had some good races. They came in second, and third, you know, yeah, in one of those races, and even got second in the constructors, right? So I mean, they still had some podiums and finishes, but it just wasn't consistency. Yeah. And so I don't know. He may go there, especially with the new cars, new motors. Like, right? I don't know that's twenty six. So yeah. so 
I don't know. I guess it'll just have to see how it plays out. Did you see the pictures or the video of him? He was like walking up next to the new car and like taking pictures of the side pods and then just walks out the back and everybody's like, I wonder where he's sending those pictures. Like, Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> on the, kind of, on the Ferrari? No, on the Mercedes. Oh, so on he's the taking Mercedes. Pictures of the Mercedes. Okay. He just walks up there. He's getting real close to the side pods and like taking pictures of it. And then and like, you just see him on his phone and he walks out like, why is he taking such close pictures of the side pods? Well, here's the, here's the thing. You can't help but think that obviously a driver like that switches teams. They've been with Mercedes long enough. He knows what's going on inside the Mercedes organization. Yeah. Every single bit of yep. it, you know, well, he knows what he likes. Same, same year as Toto. So I didn't know they started at the same time. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know that. Um, but he knows what's going on. He knows what he likes, what he doesn't, doesn't like. He knows what works and what doesn't work on the, on the Mercedes. How much of that information does he take to, how much of that information did Ferrari buy with right. buying him? You know, as far as, you know, right. he may get in that car right up front and I don't like this. I don't right. like this. The Mercedes does oh, this better because of, because of this. It's going to take significant time for him to adapt to them, adapt to their car, adapt to their style of stuff because they're not going to change for him. Yeah. Like they're Well, gonna, will they? No. Like you get a you get a driver that can win and yeah, I mean but it's Ferrari. He's got to come there and and show that he can do what they're hoping Ferrari's he can do. Ferrari's got too high of a status. Exactly. But here's the but thing. Like, though. is he that much better than Carlos and and Charles? Now, now like now I don't I don't know exactly. But so. is if he gets in that car, I th- I think there's something to be said about him going. Okay, we had way more weight over the front end. It helped yeah. the front end. It oh, helped sure the front end can, steer yeah. or whatever like that. I want that in this car. Easily if you do this adapt. for me, it's going to make well, me faster. The the episode I just watched was him signing his contract for renewal for Mercedes last year. Okay. And he's he's on there saying that, um, you know, last year I told him this wing's not going to work, this wing is crap, and, like, it's creating too much disruption and all this stuff. And they told me, uh, you don't know what you're talking about, you're wrong, until they came to me at the end of the season and, like, maybe you were right. So yeah. even Mercedes, that has been with him for eight years or whatever, still aren't listening 100% to what he's saying. Which is insane to me because as a as a driver, as a racer, they're the one in the car. These other guys yeah. have never even sat in it, you know? Yeah. Like, These guys don't know what it feels right. like. They right. don't know, you know. The I data mean, says, well, I don't care what the data says. Yeah. Like the data in my butt's telling me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The butt data never lies. Like right. Every little car movie, Ford versus Ferrari and mm-hmm. all that. Like they put the computer in and then they have that scene where they threw it out and put yarn on the car. Right. Yep. yep. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, you'd think. And in testing, they like cover the cars in spray paint and send them out there. You know, have you seen those pictures? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They cover the cars like in front parts of it and paint and have it go take a lap. So it'll like run the paint along the sides of the car so they they can can visually see it. Yeah, they can see it. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. And then they'll have metal contraptions to the front and the back of the car that shows the airflow coming over it and stuff. It's crazy during those tests. Yeah, they look like all those little satellites and stuff coming off them and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's. And that's that's the thing. I mean, yeah, you can. There's so much to be said for for data, you know, but I mean, you know, we got into it. We got into it even with our go kart stuff. Like they put O2 sensors now in, in these things, so we can <laughs> so we can read the fuel air ratios and yeah. stuff. And you know, 
what it's reading right there and what it's actually doing on the track, you know, I can, I can optimize everything on the computer and the, and the cart still doesn't run the way I want it to on the, on the track. And it runs differently for every driver because one guy might blip the throttle. One guy might get sure. in easy into the, into the throttle and the cart reacts different to it. The motor reacts different to it. Every, everything does. So, I mean, essentially to be in my mind to be successful in racing you are not adapting that car to what the computer says what the data says what all it of can this only go says so far yeah you have to do what your driver is telling you to do and give him what he wants in the car and if the numbers if you know if the numbers obviously if because i mean i've i've had it go both ways too i've had it go man you know if i had this much more power down low i would be i would be faster Right. Well, I robbed too much off the off the top and actually it's slower. Yes, it's better down low, but it's right. worse overall. up top. Yeah. Overall, I'm throwing in slower lap times. So yeah, yeah, if the if the lap times don't reflect with the change that the driver wants to make, then then that's when you explain it. But I mean, you have right. to you have to give the driver what what they want yep. to try it and either pass or fail. Yep. Before you go on and you know, hopefully, hopefully, if they, I, th- I think my opinion is if they listen, if they listen to, to Hamilton when he's going through that phase, because obviously it's going to be a huge phase in the beginning. Um, there's going to be stuff that he likes on the car and stuff that he doesn't like on the car, and if they listen to that, I think that they have a pretty good chance of, yeah, absolutely. of doing something big. I'd love, I'd love to see Ferrari. Uh, honestly, I'd love to see Ferrari beat Red Bull. Like yeah. to see somebody. I, I'm an un, right. I'm an underdog guy, so I want to see somebody yep. beat Red Bull someday. Well, like in the show, they're talking about the Williams and like the new guy that took over his team principal there. Was it Williams? Yeah, no Alpine, no Williams. Whatever. Williams changed their name, didn't they? Now they sold. Did it? I think it's sold now, and it's something else. I don't know what There's it was. One that's called Gage like was just st- talking about steak it. something, and then Alphatari is like RB something. Um, Alphatari's. Uh, like RB Cash Sony app or, or something, something. Yeah. Cash App, yeah, yeah Cash Visa, Visa Visa Cash App, Visa, RB Visa Cash yeah. App, and then yeah, somebody else is like Steak F1 or something. You know, the betting site and their Wait, car's like bright green. Their steak, yeah, that's the site. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's our gambling. Our yeah. our um, yeah, they've gotten pretty big, but yeah, man, it's, uh, it's exciting. Anonymous. I'm ready for that to uh, kick off this this weekend and see where it goes so are they televising testing somewhere uh f1tv.com on okay on that so i finally bit the bullet and got a subscription to that oh, so geez. what's that cost a month like 80 bucks a year 80 oh that's not too bad so you can watch a replay you can also so there's a cool do they let you watch the races on yep it? okay that's live the races problem that I don't replays have. everything and you can even just god i can't remember what the app is i have to look on my computer but you can configure the app to where I can have the race right here, and I can have all the drivers' views like uh, real time yeah. live, like during the race. So I'm yeah. excited to watch watch F1 that way. But you got to kind of do it live. So have you yeah. seen how um, people are watching it with the Vision Pros though? Oh, oh god, <laughs> yeah. They have the whole yeah. track in front of them with like little dots yes. going around. Yes. it's actually kind of that cool. looks pretty sick. Well, maybe this, we'll get there if. Uh, <laughs> Apple, we would love a sponsorship and take some Vision Pros yeah. to uh, promote on the podcast. And, test uh, some Vision Pros. Test them out. out so, uh, Look like a bunch of idiots on the podcast with Vision Pros on. <laughs> Nobody's watching this anyways yet, so it don't matter. This is true. But 
Well, cool, man. Well, uh, what do you get when you mix a brown chicken and a brown cow? Brown chicken, brown cow. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> Our live studio audience is uh, <laughs> cracking up on the couch over there. <laughs> it was funny. So we were uh, we went to Cracker Barrel for, for breakfast last week. And uh, they had a dad joke book sitting on the shelf. And nice. we started, me and Gage started going through it and, and Bridget. And we were dying laughing at yeah. this. And I was like, <laughs> we need to come back and get this before yeah. before we leave. I need this for the podcast. Totally oh, I've, I've got a, to I've go got a dad it. joke book, so I'll just bring it. We can read them out of there. But yeah, that's an old classic. So, Well, cool, man. I think that's a good full episode. Um, excited for this coming week in F1 and all things happening. I guess spring training kicked off in baseball, so we need to get to that later. Yeah. But um, anyways, fun times. Awesome. Yeah, it was a good time. All right. That was a, that was a good episode of nothing. Exactly. <laughs> and that's exactly what we're <laughs> yeah. going to do most of the time. Yeah, so. yeah. I well, love cool, it. man. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you next time. Yep. We'll see you.